Hi, this is K.L. Williams. Thank you so much for listening to Speaking of Gothic. This is a bonus episode that I created as a thank you for anyone who's listening to this podcast. And on this bonus episode and subsequent bonus episodes, I'll be featuring some of my writing, some of my gothic horror writing. So if you like this and you want it to continue, please let me know in the comments or reviews. And I hope you enjoy. Part 1. Creator. The Arctic Winter. February 4th, 1863. Born a slave. Murdered by evil men for an innocent offense. Reanimated from the dead. Rejected by my creator, feared by society. Where does one go when the world hates you? I write these words in order to make sense of who I am. I was once a man, but now what am I? Lightning. Always the lightning. Forever following me. Challenging me. Mocking me. The fiercer the light storm, the worse the twitching of my limbs. It is as if my entire body is a lightning rod. And in truth, this is not far afield from my creation. For electricity had given me life, but the fiend, the false god, had prevented me from having a life. <laughs> oh, what bitter irony. The same lightning that gave birth to me now mocks me from on high, ever taunting me with stormy refrains and insults. And this lightning comes with a price. My rage. An ever-present shadowy traveling companion, a darkness from whence I might never emerge. Oh, how I struggle to hold my rage inside this cavernous shell. It is held in check often, but when my thoughts turn to Frankenstein, I wish nothing more than to rend and tear and destroy whatever is laid in my path till nothing but oblivion remains. Oh, but he cursed me so. When I reflect more on Frankenstein's motivations, I'm certain he did not care if I were perceived as ugly. Although my lovely Elizabeth through her touch and voice made me feel otherwise. I have a large scar that, that runs from the middle of my forehead down the bridge of the right side of my wide nose, underneath my cheek, crawling along my jawline. When I'm enraged, the scar seems to glow with almost a primordial light from the force of my clenched teeth. I'm also very much of one body. Although extensive skin grafts had been done, my skin is a dark brown, a gift from my African ancestors, the truth of my life before the rebirth, although where, I do not know. My hair, long, black, braided, and 
tough knots and twists interlaced and woven that are several inches thick around the points. It made a sense of sort that in his madness, Frankenstein used the body of a former slave for his fiendish experiments. For who would miss them? The lowliest of the low used by the highest of the high. <laughs> Once more, irony rearing her mocking head. Another irony lay in the fact that I'm self-educated in a sense. In the days since my escape, I wandered, acquiring as many books as I could, devouring them with a feverish intensity. Scientific tomes, natural history, politics, poems, anything that would give me a sense of the world and broaden my limited understanding of how its people functioned. I see the fiend behind me. He believes me to be injured and I act upon this fantasy, doubling my body over as if in great pain. I slow my steps, taking care, pulling one foot after another up from the snow-covered ground. The snow reaches mid-thigh and is as blinding as the sun. I look around at the landscape and it is picturesque in all its stark, deadly beauty. A place where you can find both great joy and great suffering. A valley of ice and snow. As if in response, a lonely wind scurries across the land, shifting back and forth, creating a strange, nebulous, keening sound that seems alive and hungering for prey. It is foreboding in every aspect. This is an environment of endless white and gray, steeped in purple and blue tones of crying sky above. This seems to be the very top of the world, a throne of quiet discomfort for only the hardiest of beast and man. I trudge faster, looking for the best place to launch my assault. Up ahead, an outcropping of rock towers. Inside it, a gaping dark spot, a jagged wound of an opening. I hurtle forward, grip the edge of the rock surface and haul my large frame upward, spinning around, but he is just out of sight. I waste no time entering the cave. Inside, it is warmer. A shaft of light streams down from the domed cathedral-like ceiling, illuminating the interior. I stare in wonder, for this is some kind of ancient sanctuary. The room is filled with the artifacts of war. Swords, lances, shields, and tumblers. Bows and quivers filled with arrows adorn the walls. Masks and helmets from many different cultures sit upon tables and crude shelves made of balsa wood. But in the middle stands a dais, a throne of sorts, carved from a substance unknown to me but familiar on an instinctual level. I move forward, fascinated by the throne and what sits upon it. A huge skeleton. A dead king, his body a dull shell. Spiderwebs of decayed flesh still clinging to the joints. His head 
is a skull with deep black sockets for eyes that have been shrunken in long ago. I step closer to inspect the throne and stop inches away. I observe all this and feel a presence. Something attempting to break the veil between life and death. A presence beckoning to me. I feel it wanting to share ancient, long-buried secrets. I recoil from the throne as if repelled. There is a darkness afoot of which I do not wish to partake. An evil that festers and looms, waiting for the unwary to open the door. Doors enter the cave, ricocheting off the walls. I grab the nearest weapon, a long lance made of steel and iron. A heavy weapon balanced to a precision that exudes craftsmanship of the highest level. I wait for Frankenstein to show his face. I hear his boots treading into the opening, light and soft. A monster sneaking toward the monster he would have me to be. Frankenstein enters the room, brandishing a pistol. He thinks himself victorious, but I anticipate this move and using my great strength, climb the wall and cling to the stalactites on the ceiling. I drop several feet behind him. He turns, realizing he made a tactical error his face a mask of surprise. I hurl the lance at him where it enters his chest, catapulting him against the far wall, pinning him to it. Rivers of blood flow from his open mouth and nose. His eyes, while still cruel, exhibit the naked fear as when man first walked the earth among creatures that stalked him. He knows he is beaten. I know he is beaten. And still, in my moment of exultation, I feel pity for this thing, this man who took everything from me. I did not wish for this outcome. I only sought the mind and heart of the person who brought me into being. I did not seek tragedy, only wisdom. I have raged at him, but now I realize that I will be alone Again. Frankenstein attempts to speak to me. Frothy blood bubbles from his mouth, splashing onto his chest. Then he dies. The rise and fall of his chest no more. It is over. I am free. But I do not know what this means. I stare at his corpse and fill hollow. I flee from this nighted chamber and out into a wild snowstorm that has exploded while my mortal enemy and I were engaged in battle inside. The snow buffets and pelts me with hardened ice, flurries so great that I stumble around like a child lost in the woods. My great size does nothing to shield or protect me from the wind and I am tossed and crushed by surging winds. It is a gale of titanic proportions I've walked into. I turn back toward the accursed cave, but the entrance has disappeared due to the heavy downfall. I trudge in the direction of whence I came, knowing that this is a fool's errand. I am lost and alone in this white desert. I tell my brain to keep moving, willing my legs to take me just one more step. In normal conditions, I would not tire, but the gods of ice and snow see fit to crush me to dust. To keep moving, I use my legs as pistons, 
driving me forward toward a destination unknown. At the same moment, I hear the noise of the ice sheet breaking free underneath my feet. I am already in free fall, plunging into the sea. I hold my breath and kick up for the surface. My head explodes through the ice-filled water and I gasp. I struggle in vain to stay afloat, but my heavy winter coat and clothes are saturated. I'm dragged back, underneath, to my doom. My lungs fill with water and a blackness takes hold. My eyes close and the thoughts recede further and further into depths of nothing. I experience the sensation of floating, my mind and body disconnected from all life. I want to give up this life, such as it is, is better cast adrift. Why should I hold on? Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. This is K.L. Williams, signing off. Thank you, fellow Gothics. And as always, be kind to one another.